You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another episode of After The Jack. I'm your host, Tyler Maher, here in the Shepparton News Studio and uh, the whips are cracking and finals action is well and truly upon us. Uh, joining me, as always, is Ash Williamson. Ash, it's uh, an exciting time of the year. Yeah, it certainly is. Thanks, Tyler. Good afternoon to all the listeners, or good morning, depending on when you are tuning in. But, yeah, it's exciting time. It's sort of what we play for. It builds up to, to finals time. And midweek pennant finals have already started on Tuesday. And uh, upcoming this Saturday will be the Saturday pennant as well. And Brian the Weapon Nisbet uh, in the studio and uh, looking fit and firing. Brian, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Tyler. Good afternoon, listeners, and good afternoon to Ashley as well. Now, Brian, we've got uh, a very special guest on the show this week. Uh, I'll leave it over to you to uh, introduce them. Yes, uh, we welcome Lee Wakenshaw from the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. Welcome, Lee. Thank you, Brian. Welcome, everyone. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming in. How is the bowl shop going at the moment? Oh, look, it's a slow time of year coming into finals because everyone's focusing on just playing their finals. But with tournaments coming up round the corner, we're hoping to get a bit busy round then. Yeah, let's hope you get plenty of activity uh, throughout the year. You've got a vast range of products on hand in the bowl shop, um, apart from the lawn bowls themselves, with uh, bowls wear and you've got casual wear, bowl shoes, sandals and thongs, etc. There's a good plug for you, mate. And... Of course, you can always give, get gift vouchers for birthday parties, for birthdays and Christmas, etc. Absolutely. We try to do a large range of um, bowls where we do all the brands. So we got Drake's Pride, Taylor, Henselite, Aero for bowls. We've also got all the clothing, so Drake's Pride again, bowls wear. Also, with tournament season, as I um, touched on before, around the season, just around the corner, um, we've got a lot of um, tournament wear as well, so... Brand new sports leisure tops, Greg Norman, the works. So good time of year to be seen on the greens, I guess. Yeah, t- um, tell us, Lee, how the, the pop-up shops go, because I know you've sort of had them set up at maybe like the Vic Open and things like that. How much is involved in setting those up and um, and are they good for, for business um, being front and centre at big tournaments and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to get out there with different audiences and um, we go as far as parks. So we've got parks coming up in May again. That's the furthest one we've done. We're trying to touch a bit further, maybe go up to Dubbo. Yep. But um, very a lot of work goes into it. Obviously, you take the club's colour and then you think about what other clubs might be at the tournament. So yep. catering for ladies, men and boulders of all ages. Yeah, yeah. So how did, how did you get to push sort of that far into New South Wales? How did you sort of branch out that far? Um, it's really word of mouth from other bowlers that see you at pop-up shops. You strike off those relationships and then they talk to other clubs, they contact us and they say, can you come along? I said, as long as you can guarantee me a bit of power and indoor spot, I'm more than happy to come to any club. Perfect. Brian. Your best-selling bowls at present, Lee. Oh, that's a tricky one. It's literally between the aerodynamics, because as you guys know, the greens are a lot quicker this time of year, yep. or the Henselite Dreamline XG, the solid all-round performer. Yep. Yeah, well, what, what do you vouch, go with, Brian? I'll vouch for the XG, and uh, I must give the bowl shop a plug, a plug here, because Sean Tell, when I played a flea in the Aussie Open, I was using an arm, which is a bit long for me, so we swapped over to a medium. 
and it's definitely worked, I believe, and she um, upgraded the bowls. I bought her bowls off her originally, and she said you'll need a heavier size four now that you've got an arm, and... Swap them over, so you can't do any better than that. No, no, getting getting um service during the the games, Brian, during the big tournaments. Yeah, no, I was very appreciative for that. Now, club shirts, Lee, do you get involved in that process, or clubs go directly to the manufacturer? What's the story there? Um, club shirts is generally straight to the manufacturer. There's no real. I know this sounds a bit silly, but there's no real profit margin in it for us. It's easier for clubs to deal with mm. the company. It's just cuts out the middleman there, really. Yeah, okay. And, and that's a do. A lot of them, are, I mean, there's pennant shirts as well, but club, a lot of clubs have got their own shirts now, which they wear to tournaments. And I reckon in most instances they're better shirts than the one they wear for pennant. You agree with that, Ash? Well, I guess they can be a bit more um, maybe adventurous with the design. And imaginative. Yeah, yeah that's yes. right. So like um, things like Hilltop and, and One You and things like that, they've got great little tournament shirts that you you know they really stand out um and they don't need all of the the um official stuff i guess that club pennant shirts need to have you can have a bit more fun with them um lee tell us about uh obviously playing at marupna golf um you know won quite a few club championship singles now um how, how, how have you gone on the greens this year uh, I would like to have gotten the greens a bit more this year with um, pop-up shots, which we knocked on earlier. I've only managed to play six games of pennant for the year. Yep. And I'm the highest scoring from our family, Graham with two and Chantal and Go only with a one. <laughs> so um, pennant's been a bit of a disaster for us this year. We haven't been available, which has um, hurt Marupna Golf a bit. But yep. hopefully getting back next year, we'll try to work for pop-up shops in with Pennant and hopefully get on the greens a little bit more would be great. Yeah, and how many um, club singles titles now for you? Uh, four in total, so I've got one at Rushworth and three in a row at Marupna Golf, so okay. very, very happy with that four. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Brian? Now, I know you and the family have been uh, cruising the Mediterranean or wherever you went, um, or, the, or the great, uh, the, the great um, little rivers of... Um, Europe? Yeah, Europe, <laughs> or the Nile, or wherever. But uh, how long were you away on your cruises for, Lee, and what was the best spot you visited? Uh, we went on a Christmas cruise with the pennant break for um, 14 nights to New Zealand, which was very relaxing. Cool. And then we found a cruise which was too good to pass up in January for 11 nights to Vanuatu and New Caledonia. So nice summer weather there. Yep. Completely the opposite part of the world than uh, you were talking about, <laughs> Brian. Well, I just had to throw in that, didn't I? Um, how have you found stepping up from Div 5 to Div 2 this year when you have played pennant uh, for Marutna Golf on Saturdays? Um, I've not found it much difference. Um, the concentration levels have to be higher, so yeah. you have to focus a bit more on what your bowls are and all that. But it's still... Um, still the fundamentals of the game are exactly the same. It's still tactics against tactics, and you just see if you can outsmart the opposition on the day, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Lee, you and your father-in-law, Graham McEwen, have performed well in the men's championship pairs, making the semi-finals this Sunday coming after taking out the Marutna Golf Men's Pairs Championship and winning your section last week. So who have you got to play? Uh, we've got two giants of a game. We play David Cartwright and Brent Rayner from Kyabram. So right. that could be a, a hell of a challenge for us. So we'll try to take it up to them, try our best. But 
We're under no illusions. They are two absolute top-class bowlers, so we know we're going in the underdog in that one. So where's that one being played? Uh, that's at Tuchura Bowls Club at 9.15, I believe, at roll Yeah, okay. So obviously yourself and your your father-in-law, Graham, have had a pretty consistent season, obviously winning the club event, and then a good last Sunday to get through the section? Oh, yeah, we had a really good section. Three really close games. Uh, we played the Shep Golf Boys and got a good win there. Yep. Um, Avenal... They pushed us, but we got a win in the last game against Nagambi with um, Robert Page and Des Favagil. 9-8 was the final score. <laughs> After five ends, it was 1-0. They were bowled that well. I had to kill three ends in a row. Yeah, right. Magnificent bowlers. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Well, uh, you've got to be in it to win it, and um, good luck with that one. Um, you're heading up to the Australian Open again. Brian touched on you played in the Australian Open together last year. Are you heading up again? No, this year I'm going to have a year off from the Australian Open. I, I believe we'll go up there again next year. But this year, I think we're just going to stay around the Shepparton area this, this winter. So are you campaigning for a new partner, Brian, or what, what's your movements? No, I only... I went... That was my <laughs> first and last sojourn up to Queensland. Uh, the wife's got better things to do than go up there with me, but she doesn't <laughs> trust me on my own. So, uh, yes... How and was your experience? I, I, I really together. enjoyed playing with yeah. Lloyd. We had a oh, we had a great. We time. had a ball at yeah. uh, at Windy Hill, uh, Musgrave Hill up there, and three very close games. I remember. Yeah, and we, we, got, we nearly got there. We nearly got through. A group. Yeah, we played a Queensland triples uh, winner. Yep, and we met his lovely partner, who I caught up with at the um, Ultimate Bowls, Georgia mm. Georgia White, who skipped for Queensland. We. Um, wasn't bad red wine up there, Lee, from memory. <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Luckily we nice. had a taxi to take us back to our abodes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and Lee, obviously really um, appreciative of the, the Shepherd and Bowl Shop sponsoring the, the grand final telecast, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks' time. Um you know, obviously those sorts of things can't happen without the likes of yourself, um, your, your, company, your business, your shop supporting it. So, um, you know, obviously Brian got in touch with you and you're happy to hop on board? Absolutely. We think the job you guys do is absolutely magnificent. And every Saturday we always tune in and and your podcast is just absolutely brilliant. So happy to help out where we can there. Yeah, yeah. And um, Maroopna Golf sort of uh, getting back to the, the club side of things, like a lot of smaller clubs, um, struggling for numbers a little bit and new bowlers. Um, you know, what are you what are you hoping for looking towards next season in terms of their future and their prospects? Well, you always hope for new bowlers coming along. So if anyone's looking for a club to come to, Marutna Golf's a very family friendly club. So yep. um Anyone who's looking to change clubs, go to a small club, Maroon Golf, we'd be happy to have you. And um, we're just looking for a bit more um, solidarity next year. Um, I believe we're probably going to achieve a bit better in Division 3 than Division 2. We yeah. had too many people missing. We had up to 12 people missing, and we've only got two divisions. So, as you can imagine, we struggled through this year. Well, that's three rinks, isn't it? You know, like, and, um, you know, being up in Division 2, as you said, the, the depth was there a lot this year, and if you're missing sort of four or five players from that grade, it's hard to hard to cover, isn't it, Brian? It certainly is, and uh, like we touched on a few programs ago, if we don't have 16 in Division... Um, we have 16 in Division 1, rather... I'd, I'd like to see it reduced in the lower divisions so the smaller clubs would be more competitive. Yeah, yeah, and that's a fair point as well. Like, And it just takes the pressure off if you do have 12 out or, or whatever, which, is, you know, that could be half your, your pennant playing list at, at times or maybe even, you know, a third. Um, it does put the pressure on. Lastly, Brian, you've got a couple at the end. 
Yeah, uh, 21 ends, Lee, and straight through. Well, um, and well, ho- what do you think of that idea? I like the concept of 21 ends straight through, as long as it's straight through with no break, because I find a break with 21 ends mm. gets very destructive. Um, the um, early starts, the 10 a.m. starts on heated days. Um, if it's across all the divisions, I'd be for that, but if it's only a couple of divisions, personally, I wouldn't be able to play because we open the shop till 12 o'clock. Yeah, so. yep. Yeah, well, I thought of you when I asked that question. Uh, there's not many bowlers that do work Saturday mornings, but um, you'd be one. You'd one of you'd be one of the exceptions. Yeah, it does get a bit tricky sometimes, especially with the long away games. But yeah, because um, I know if we've picked in Division Five a few times this year, we just said to them, unfortunately, we were just unable to play because of the distance to Ilden and Avenue. And Absolutely, the, yeah. um, Ilden Alexandra, sorry, and the distance and the start time being at um, usually at ten or eleven a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's logistically impossible, really. It's more than an hour or fifty minutes, so you just wouldn't be able to get there. And obviously, roll up starting at twelve forty-five, you know, it sort of doesn't give you as much of a buffer. Whereas it used to be, you could start by one thirty, but that makes it a lot more difficult. Clubs have been quite accommodating in the past. I know when we went down to Seymour, VRI Vez accommodating for us last season, which was really nice of them. So they said, yeah, one thirty roll-up would be absolutely fine. Perfect, yeah. Yep. You think there should be more Friday night games, not only in Division 1, but in other divisions, Lee? I think it is something we could touch on in the GV. It's a great concept, and um, it would allow people who do work Saturdays to play the Friday night games. Um, most clubs in this... Uh, in our region, have got great facilities. I mean, you've got Tachura with air lights. You've got Tally Garupna, Shep Park, Shep Golf. Golf's just got new lights, um, yeah. Yeah, they look marvellous, Shep Golf. So, mm. Marupna Golf, we have lights. We've put them on. They work pretty good. Yeah. Like, we've never hosted one there, but, yeah, they, they work all right. So, there's a lot of good facilities. Tyler, you've been driving this campaign for years, haven't uh, you? I'm a, a, like our great dearly departed friend, Dave Hardy, I'm a, very much a Friday Night Lights specialist. Mm. And... Uh, think there should be more of it and I, I certainly agree that there should be more of it across the grades because mm. I, I think there would be nothing better if you're you know especially at a club with um you know grades in all division you know say like a Shep Park mm. you know a Div 3 or a Div 4 playing Friday night under lights and everyone else is practicing on the other greens and to be comes across and supports them afterwards like that that that'd be a, a great game to look forward to on the calendar yeah and even if it was only you know one per club um, across the the entire season, yeah. I think that'd be uh, achievable. I mean, even you look at um, say Division Three, maybe next year you might have Nagambi and Marupna Golf, and that might be their two highest, like both clubs' highest side. Mm. So when they meet, you know, you could have a Friday night and make it make it a big occasion for them, given that that's their highest side. So and um, I think twenty one straight through <laughs> opens that up a lot better as well because it doesn't have to be a Shep Club versus a Shep. Club. No, no, um, six it, o'clock can, start. Yeah, you can actually. You know, incorporate half an hour of travel and, and still get the game done well before, you know, 9.30, 9 o'clock. Absolutely. Well, um, we might jump into um, Tuesday pennant reviews, Lee, if you want to hang around. Absolutely. That'd um, be great. So this was the first week of finals on Tuesday just gone. Have you got them, Brian, or do you want me to go through them? No, I've got some. You can kick off the first one uh, if all you right. like. Division 5, we had... Uh, the first semi-final was between Avenal and Rushworth, and Avenal claimed the spoils there, 44-36. to 36. These games were played at Nagambi. And Shep Park, too good for Yaroa, 42-30 in the second semi-final, which means the prelim final this Tuesday at Nagambi is Yaroa versus Avenal. 
Uh, look, so and the winner of that will go into the grand final against Shep Park. Division four, looking at the finals results. The first semi-final, Dookie was far too good for Shepparton Park. These games were also played at Nagambi. 72-36, uh, claimed all the rinks there. Uh, and Alexandra, 64-50 over Eildon, 14 points to two. Uh, so two rinks to one, which means the preliminary final on this Tuesday at Nagambi, Eildon versus Dookie. So um, looking at the ladder there, did Eildon finish on top in that grade, Brian? No, they didn't. So Alexandra's been the benchmark all year, and they're straight into the grand final. Eildon looking to bounce back and earn their way back into the big dance. Uh, Division three <coughs> midweek. Yep. Uh, Shep Park in the qualifying final one by eight over VRI. Only won one rink. Yeah, one rink. That was enough to get him in. Barry Nelson's rink by 14. Barry was leading um, during the season, so he's gone from leader to skipper and had a fair bit of success. Yep. That that win was decisive, obviously. Yep. Wes Gibbs went down by three and Murray Phillips down by three. Did you see the score in that Wes Gibbs ring? 35-32. There must have been some huge numbers. That's 67 shots. Yeah, in, huge. Combined, yeah. I've never seen a score that high for a long time um, in total. In the elimination final, uh, Kai Abram knocked your Merker out, our um, club from the Murray, and we're um, our esteemed Goulburn Murray area president or region, whatever you want to call it, um, Alan Rogers plays. Wayne Chambers won by 12 and Jan McFadgen by 9 for Kai. Bit of a turn up that for mine, I think. You know, Namurka, that's their highest side in our midweek comp. Um, they did finish 16 points clear of... Um, Kai Abram finished fourth, so I'd nearly call that an upset there that they're straight out, Namurka. Yeah, well, they had a few Division One players playing there, like Ross Henderson, Terry Brennan, yep. Alan Rogers. Yeah, yep. And uh, and Reezy played there too. Paul so, Reese, yeah. Paul Reese. So yeah. a, a, that's a good effort by Kai Abram. Division Two, Brian. Oh, sorry. So the prelim final this week will be Kai versus VRI, and that'll be played at Stanhope, I believe. Um, Division 2, looking at the first semi-final. Bit of a turn-up. This too, Shepparton Golf, 70, defeated Tally Garupna, 65, 13-3. Uh, Daryl Fallon was the hero here. Uh, huge scalp, 33-15 over David Dawes, playing midweek final. So, um, obviously, Tally would have really probably fancied their chances, Brian, but um, they wouldn't have expected David Dawes to lose by 18 and, and that be the decisive rink. No, as a side, I just missed out. I would have fancied um, playing golf more than tally, but it just shows you. Uh, yeah, that, that was a really big upset. He was down 11 shots early in the game or two-thirds of the way through it, so he just went further um, behind towards his rink. Yeah, yeah. And um, so Shepard and Golf will advance to the preliminary final against Kai Abram, who went down in the second semi-final to Shep Park 70 to 60, so that means the preliminary final next week will be Kyburn versus Shep Golf at Stanhope. And then Division 1, Brian? Yeah, Division 1 in elimination final. I was over there and had a look at the elimination qualifying. East Shepparton um, defeated Park by 5, 70 to 65, winning on two rinks. East led by 14 shots with about four ends to go. Uh, <laughs> They went, did a couple of numbers, but they had it such a big lead that we're never going to lose. Uh, park season is now over. The winning rinks, Graham Barber and Stacey Collier for East and Paul Warren for Park. Yeah, look, I think um, 
probably Shep Park maybe got what they deserved a little bit. I, I feel throughout the year, Graham Mises' rink carried them quite a fair bit. Um, and there were quite a few results where his rink winning big was decisive. And, you know, um, Di Hands sort of, you look at her stats, she, she only won three times for the year, and that's sort of unheard of for her. And that rink sort of continually was getting beaten week after week. And then Mark Thorne was skipping a rink, and then it changed to, to Paul Warren. They had a big win, but they sort of just never really had any momentum or consistency. Um, and, you know, people who have performed really well from in the past um, have had a, an indifferent season. And um, well done to East Shepparton for getting through the prelim. Yeah, and I must mention Karen Truen, who led for us in Division 2. She went into the ones leading and played her best game of the year. She was unbelievable. And Graham Myers probably saved 20 shots minimum and didn't get much help from the other three players. I've never seen Becky play as ordinary and um, the leader. And yeah. he just didn't, he didn't get any help. And that's why he got rolled. You can't win on your own, no, no matter how good you are. No, look, and um, we'll touch on Dennis Beck a bit with the weekend pennant stuff, but he sort of um, he stepped up skipping in Division 1 on Saturdays and has had, had copped a couple of hidings the last couple of weeks. So he's probably a bit low on confidence at the, at the wrong time of the year, but um, he'll have another chance to atone on Saturday. And in the qualifying final, Shep Golf overcome Kai in another close encounter. There was never more than three or four shots in this all day. When I first went over there after about halfway, just before Smoko, it was dead level. Uh, Kai saluted on two rinks, but Chris Wright's rink by eight was the difference. Mary Greco did a six with about six ends to go overall, and uh, Chris Pretty won um, his rink as well, narrowly by one shot. So um, looking ahead to the preliminary final, Shep Golf goes straight into the big dance. Stanhope this Tuesday, it'll be Kyabram versus East Shep. And Brian, what's your prediction for that one? Yeah, I've written down my predictions here. For all the prelims? All the finals. Yep, so we've got Division 1, Kyabram versus East Shep. I'm going for East. You reckon they can roll Kai, bounce Kai out in straight sets? What? Yeah, on, a, on a quick Stanhope green. Yeah, no, I... I well, they play on 16-second carpet. Yep. Kai's, uh, Kai's rink isn't real quick. No, no. So, so I, I reckon East. Lynn Barber's rink might have to improve marginally, but uh, if you win two out of three, you normally get home. Yep. Division two. Yeah, I'm going for uh, Kai to defeat Shep Golf. Yep. Okay, after um, Golf's big upset. So you think Kai will earn another shot at Shep Park? I do. Yep. Division three. Uh, VR ride to defeat Kyabram at Stanhope. Okay, so that'll be another rematch one at VRI and Park if that eventuates. Yep. And D- Division 4, Dookie to defeat Eildon at the Gamby. Okay, so that'll be Eildon out in straight sets. You're backing Dookie to continue yeah. a bit of a fairy tale run. Yeah, Dookie. They're not a they're good final side in the lower divisions. Yep. And I'm going for Yaroa to defeat Avenal. That's yep. at Nagambi as well. Yep. So um, that, that's our Tuesday pennant preliminary finals uh, this week upcoming. We might as well jump straight into the weekend pennant review, Brian, from Saturday just gone, the last home and away round. Yeah, well, or the make up round. Yeah, I'll yeah. kick it off with Division 1. No surprises in, in Division 1 for the final round. Golf. Defeated the pleated East by 50 shots, winning on all rinks. Got to give a mention to Warren Bovel's rink. We were right in the contest against John Gribbles and led with three ends to go, but went down by four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tally outclassed Park and made it two wins against him this season. We'll go in 
Hot favourites in elimination final next week. Kai won comfortably against Stanhope at Fields and Cartwright's rinks both lost, which was astounding to me, considering the way Cartwright's rink performed the previous Friday night. Yeah, and obviously they had second spot to try and shore up, so they you know, they ticked that box, um, 14-4, and obviously with Tally only winning three rinks against Park, they did hold on to second spot, but certainly some things to think about. And Marupna were no match for Tad Hilltop in a game they had to win to get off the bottom of the ladder. They had to win 16-2 and probably presumed uh, we wouldn't get a rink. So um, I don't think Marupna will get relegated. I believe in the, um, I've said, I believe in promotion if you win a division. Now, it wasn't always, I don't care if you've got three teams in a division. If you're good enough to be there, you should be there. Um, did you tip Marupna last week, Brian? Or did Tyler? Oh, I did. You did. Yeah. Nah, look, I, I think um, they probably had their grand final against East Shep a few weeks ago and then um, the last couple of games their form sort of tapered off. But 48, get... 48 points in total for the year. You know, you look at that with a win and a draw, it's probably average that they won a rink a week, um, round about that, um, which is, I don't think, given the circumstances in which they started the season, is, is too much of a, uh, you know, um, look, I would certainly wouldn't be giving them an F, but, um, yeah, I, I think uh, there's plenty of improvement to be had there, especially if they hold on to Div 1. Yeah, and look, um, the Jungle Drums have been beating for a while now about who they may or may not be bringing into the side. Obviously, if they do stay in Division 1, it'll enhance their chances of bringing in some players, Brian, which clearly they need. They're probably about maybe half a side short. If they can at least pick up four, maybe, that's another rink that can strengthen them up. Yes, it definitely will, and as you said, the, the jungle drums are beating. Division 2, Park finalists were thrashed by Tad Hilltop away, which isn't the ideal way to enter finals. No, look, um, being cruelled a little bit by unavailabilities and then um, this business is sort of qualifying players late on in the season and chopping and changing a bit, and um, I think it's really hurt them in the latter part of the year, and they've got a lot of work to do this weekend to try and rebound in the elimination final. I mean, really, they should have got the double chance. They lost three or four games by two shots. You, you add 10 points on it to each of those games, there's another 40 points, and they'd easily be double chance, you know? That's for sure. Yaroa coughed up the cover to double chance when they... We're beaten by topside Kai at Kai Abram. Um, I, I picked Kai to win, but uh, I thought it'd be close on what it was. <coughs> Golf annihilated the severely depleted East by 71 undercover at East. We actually um, strengthened our Division 4 side, who had to beat Seymour to stop us going down to Division 5. Well, we can't field a Division 5 at the moment, <laughs> so I don't think it would have made much difference. Uh, anyway, that's my opinion, and... Tally by a big margin against bottom team Marupna Golf. Yep. So, um, do we want to uh, Division Three? This was this was the the um, competition that was full of interest going into the last round. Yep. Yeah, Stanhope um, weekend. Uh, no, that's me. Weekend preview. Go ahead, Ash. Yep. So, Division Three, there was plenty of ladder positions up for grabs going into the last round, and as as it turned out, there was a lot of flip flopping. Um, so just looking, it was round 14. Stanhope defeated Rushworth 14-4, 99-70. Nagambi defeated Avenal, uh, the bottom side, 124-87. Oop, sorry, is that the wrong one? Uh, it's round nine replay. Round nine it is, yeah, sorry. Uh, round nine, sorry. Shep Golf defeated Marupna. They got a clean sweep, 97-80. 
Stanhope defeated the bottom side, Avenal 101 to 74. Seymour beat Rushworth 102 to 74. And Nagambi beat Shep Park at home, 88 55. Now, if Shep Park had have won that game, the extra 10 points would have been enough to get them into the four. But as it turned out, they actually ended up finishing sixth. So four, four extra shots, they would have finished fourth. Uh, but as, as a result, they finished sixth. Um, looking at the final ladder, Seymour far and away the best side, uh, 197 points. Nagambi second, 145, courtesy of that three-shot win. Stanhope in third, 136 points. Rushworth sneaks in on 133. Shep Golf fourth on 129. And Shep Park sixth on 126. So, Crackerjack final series coming up, I think, in Division 3, Brian. I think Stanhope's, uh, Seymour's clearly the benchmark, but after that, it's, a, it's an absolute raffle. It certainly is. And you, and you thought, actually, that um, that Rushworth might miss out, courtesy of their result. I mean, Shep Golf did all they could with their, their result, and Shep Park nearly um, caused the upset against Nagambi. So um, there was a lot to play for going right down to the wire. It certainly was, Ash. And, uh, yeah, Rushworth on thin ice, I reckon. Uh, I couldn't see him regrouping and... Um, and I think Stan Abel would be too good from. Well, they had the short straw, you know, obviously having to play Seymour in that makeup round. I know it was at Rushworth, but, um, yeah, they had a hard task to try and cling on and they just did. In Division 4 weekend, VRI by 68 over Tally, who finished fifth. Uh, really gave them a farewell to um, the season, well and truly. Tad Hilltop defeated Park by two. Another loss by Park to Tad Hilltop. East by 24 over Seymour, which is a good effort for the Division 4. Um, Yaroa by three over Kyabram. The final four, VRI, Kai, Yaroa and Tad Hilltop. Now, that's that's about... We've got the Division 5. Five. Colbo bowed out of the finals. Contention losing by a huge 38 shots to Alex at home. I thought Colbo were one of the sides who might... Take this out, but they've just fell in a hole. Dookie showed up. Dookie shot up a final spot with a 16-shot win over Tat Hilltop. Eildon third received a walkover from East. I, I touched on that. VRI defeated Merrigan by 20. That was between uh, sixth and seventh. So the seventh side beat the sixth side Merrigan. Merch held on to fourth. With a good 26-shot win over Marupna Golf. Not a bad effort from Merch because have they forfeited a few games with not travelling or was that in midweek? No, um, that that was in Saturday pennant yeah. and in some of the midweek games. Yeah. Their midweek looked like making the final, so they made a bus trip to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just went down. It wasn't much in it. They only just missed out on yeah. the four. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Brian. They, they certainly do. And uh, I thought I had it here somewhere, but Eildon received four forfeits. I'm pretty sure it's in this division. Yeah, so, so that's all, like you get all points, they had don't six you? draws, four of them are forfeits. Clubs <laughs> who wouldn't travel, so... <laughs> They're not a bad side, Eildon. Um, yeah, but they'd be short on match practice. Well, that's it. Yeah. I don't know whether they played amongst themselves or what happened on those occasions. Division 6, yay. Top 2, good for Shep Golf by 18 at Shep Golf. Dookie 4th by 9 over Marupna. Stand 8 by 4 over Park, but missed out by one shot of making the finals. 
and Yarrow defeated Kai by three to pinch the double chance from Kai, who were in second spot. Right, interesting. Division seven. Top team, Violet Town, thrashed Alex by 25, ending Alex's season. That So Alex has um, bowed out in a couple. Avonall thrashed Seymour by 33 to take Alex's fourth spot. Okay. Um, I don't think Avonall's been the four all year, but they finished strongly. And Eildon inflicted Rushworth's fourth loss in a row by 20 at home. So there's another Rushworth side who's finished a season with four losses on the trot. Yeah. And they go into... Uh, they're in the. They're actually still in the qualifying final. Do you believe that? <laughs> so what? They finished second. Yeah, they finished second. Unreal. Well, this would be the time to turn it around. Um, so looking ahead at this weekend's first week of finals, Brian, you got the the um, preview for this Saturday, and we'll get Lee to jump in on a couple of yeah, grades. I have uh, all these notes I've got here. I think I'll have to type them up, Lee. What do you reckon next week? <laughs> weekend preview, finals week one, Division Seven. We got Eildon. Playing Avonall, I'm going for Eildon to win this one and put Avonall out of the finals. But Avonall come with a bit of a rush, so they're, yeah. they're a rough chance. Peaking at the right this time. This is at Hilltop, by the way. Yep. Greens there are good. Yep. At Violet Town to defeat Rushworth. Nah, I'm going for Rushworth to um, <laughs> to turn their fortunes around and get straight in. What do you reckon, Lee? Oh, look, I'm going to have to go with Ash at this one. It's good to see Violet Town back, and they've been very strong in Division 7. But Rushworth on a quicker green of Hilltop, I reckon it will suit them a bit better. And I agree with you, I think Ilden will not have no out of the finals in Division 7. Very good. Uh, in Division 6, Dookie to defeat Kai. This is the elimination final at Avenal. Good to see Avenal get some finals. Yep. Um, I've criticised their green in the past, but I believe it's going well at the moment. So full credit to the... Um, the club down there for getting their greens no, um, running so well. No, they are running magnificently, and I think it's um, it's handy having um, them able to host a final at sort of that end of, of, of the region. So, you know, obviously Seymour and clubs like that probably aren't as capable of hosting finals, but for clubs like um, Avenal and Eildon and all those clubs to have a point, like a central point that they can play finals at is good for them. And the key rink for Dookie is Dan Oster. And the key rink for uh, Kai Abram is Jeff Hocking. Okay. Uh, yay to defeat Yarrow in the qualifying final. Uh, Gary Oliver's had a great season there. His rink is the one to watch. And Ian South for Yarrow has been their top rink for the season. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll go for uh, Yarrow. Who was it, sorry? Yay. 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 And who were they playing? Yaroa. Yeah, Yaroa. Yeah, I'll go Yaroa. Who are you going for in Dookie and Kai? What do you reckon, Lee? Oh, I, I think Dookie will get over the line against Kai in a tough battle. Um, I think Yay will beat Yaroa convincingly. They've got some top guns down there like Justin Branch, Roden Branch. There are some real, real good players down at Yay. I, I reckon uh, Dookie, I'll back their finals record in, particularly, as you said before, in the lower grades. They do know how to get it done at the right time of the year, does uh, Dookie? They do. Division 5, the elimination final. I'm selecting um, Eildon to do to defeat Murchison at Hilltop. Long trip for Eildon to, for an 11am start at Hilltop. Yeah. Um, They'll be on the road at 6am. This will be, be a close encounter. Jeff Higgins, my mate down there, has got the boys all fired up and um, I'm not going to give him the kiss of death, so I'm going for Eildon. Stephen Hall's been their best rink and Jeff Higgins for Murch. Yeah, I think Eildon for me. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Even yeah. with the long trip, yeah. Lee? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I still think Hilden's top side is a bit too classy for Merch in that one. In the quarterfinal, uh, the qualifying final, Alex, I'm, Alex played Dookie and I'm going to go for Dookie again to knock Alex out. Yeah, again, a pretty long trip for uh, Alexandra to get there for 11am and... Yeah, I think Dookie might get this one. I'm going for Alexandro. Is that uh, where Bob Bengami plays? Yeah, but Bob's not their top skipper. Greg Gilmore, I had to cross Bob out. He was already typed in. Yeah. But Greg Gilmore was their top skipper. And for Dookie, uh, Jared Mole Queen yep. has had a good season. So I'm going for Dookie. Uh, Alex for me. Oh, Dookie for me. Especially with um, Swanee in the side last year's champion, yes. champion winners. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Swanee, yeah, good bowl, underrated. Division four, Yaroa played Tad Hilltop at Marupna Bowling Club. This is the elimination final. I'm going for Tad Hilltop. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, they're coming good at the right time, so I think uh, we'll back them in. Ken Cornell was in great form. Good experience, in yeah. In their last midweek match, Division two, and he's he's been their best skip. And Kev Milner for Yaroa has... Um, has been uh, Handy successful this year. Yeah, no, Tad Hilltop for me, Kenny Cornell. They've got a good good mix of experience down in that division. So. Your what tip, do you think, Lee? Uh, Tat Hilltop, definitely. Recent form from Tat Hilltop in Division 4 has been absolutely spectacular. I think they'll get over line in that one. I think watch for a, a big game from Nick Zeros for Tat yes, Hilltop. Yes. And uh, they'll get over the line. Yep, I agree. Seymour VR Rye to defeat Kyabram in the qualifying final. Michael Sakuski, Sakuski, Michael Sakuski will be the um, key rink for Seymour VRI and Ted Hazelman for Coabram. Yeah, look, I think Seymour VRI have been a bit of a benchmark all year in that grade, and I think uh, they'll they'll be too strong for Kai. I agree, VRI. I think we'll get there over Kai on that one. Uh, I think Kai can get the job done. Um, there's a few bowlers in here who in Previous seasons, uh, you would have been seeing in Division Two. So, yeah, I, I think um, it's a result that, of their depth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that experience will be um, even more important at this time of year. Weekend uh, Division Three, week one of the final. Stanhope are playing Rushworth, and I've written Rushworth off. I think Stanhope are scraped into the four in the final round. I don't think they're in the four all year, and their form has been exceptional of late. Rushworth dropped from second to fourth. But it was at the hands of uh, topside Seymour, which we've already touched on. Butch Stokes is a leading skipper at Stanhope. Very experienced bowler. And, of course, Gene Sprague. Rink is the, is the best one for Rushworth this season. She's the key. If Gene has a good win, Rushy will probably get through. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, this is obviously Rushworth's top side and Stanhope's second top side. They've got a Division One, And looking at Stanhope's side... They've got Peter Myers in there, who I played against earlier on in the year in Division 1, Rob Armstrong, Dave Millard, um, John O'Thorne, guys that have been played a lot of Division 1. Butch Stokes, probably not in recent years, but a long time before that. So I think that'll hold them in good stead against Rushworth, and they'll get the job done. Look, yeah. I'm going to have to go with my old club here. I, I reckon Rushworth can get the job done in that elimination final. And Yeah, like as Brian said, they've got some solid bowlers at Rushworth, Bruce Wooten, Gene Sprague. They got Kevin Gilbert, Laurie Nicholson. They got a lot of depth themselves. So it'll be a very close game, but I'm picking Rushy in that one. Yeah, I think this will be really close, especially uh, Shep Dolph Greens are looking in great nick 
Um, and I think um, someone like Gene Sprague will enjoy that. Uh, so I reckon Rushworth can get the job done. Yeah, their greens are very good at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Seymour to... I'm going for Seymour to defeat in the game in a qualifying final. Now, Gammy's come up from fourth division. Yeah. The Premier's in fourth division, uh, which is a fantastic performance to go from... I don't think anyone else has done it in one season, have they? Come up and... And then made the grand fi- final the following year. Tally Group, no, maybe made from one of these Div sides. Three to Div Two, yeah, yeah. But Seymour had a side to beat. I said this last year, and they sort of um, croaked and um, in the, in the grand the, final, yeah. Yeah, they um, what do you call it? Uh, choked, choked. Yeah, look, and the they hadn't lost the game, but croaked, I think, yeah, choked. I think that'll hold them in better stead this year. The pressure, that pressure of trying to go through a year unbeaten is not there this year. They have lost a couple of games. They've lost three games, yeah. Yeah, but certainly the mix that they've got is fairly similar. Graham Flint, uh, Robert Brown, uh, Max Hammond, uh, Robbie Baldwin, all of those types are still there. And, and they they are really determined, I would imagine, to get back up into Division 2. You know, they were probably expecting to be there this year. Um, but... You know, it takes a long time to get back there, and, and this is their chance to make amends. So I think they'll be too good for Nagambi. Yeah, Biggles Brown, top skip again, and I believe um, he could lead them to victory in the grand final appearance again. Rob Smith's rink has been Nagambi's best. Uh, I thought Pagey would have been well up there, and he will need to inspire his team if they are to cause an upset. Who have you got, Tyler? Uh, look, I, I think Seymour, um, the... The ghosts of grand finals past will be uh, certainly firmly in the back of their minds and um, I think they'll win this by 30 shots and they'll win the grand final by more. Um, I think it's their division. Uh, and I know we said that last year, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Seymour quite comfortably. Lee? I agree. After two grand finals of Division 3 for Seymour, I believe they'll get the job done this year. I think they'll get over the line against Nagambi in the first one. It was only a couple of weeks ago that they beat Nagambi. Uh, Very oh, comfortably. Yeah, it was 120 to 71 from memory. Uh, yep, uh, 16-2. So Nagambi still jagged a rink. Um, that was Feb 11. So that, uh, that'll be fresh in the mind for both sides. Division 2, Brian. We've got uh, Kyabram playing Shepparton and Golf in the qualifying final. Shep Golf pinched um, second spot uh, in the in the last round, sort of there. It was very tight on the ladder. Uh, just just going back and looking at the ladder, yeah, they finished second by two points ahead of Euroa. So they play in the qualifying final at Tatura. How do you think this one will play out? Yeah, well, Euroa weren't good enough last week against Kai. They could have held second spot. They'll put up a um, a better performance against Park than they did against Kai. I think I think they're a bit better side. They haven't tinkered with their team. They just—I don't think they—they they haven't got a lot of depth for Rower, and they've stuck with the we're talking, same ranks. It's we're going, right. we're, game, we're going Kai and Golf in the qualifying. Oh, right Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Golf. I think Golf. Uh, when you look at their side, even though Kai's got all those experienced players, Golf. No, it's a while since Kai been in the finals. I think Golf's experience. Yeah, I know, I know with interest, though, I know John Hallam in the Div 2 side. He's been there for most of the year. He's not named at all. Tim Gribble um, has made way in the Division 1 side and has been dropped to the 2s and is skipping um, essentially where John Hallam was with Trevor Dunlop, Carla Miles and Paul Ledger, which is an interesting move there. Um, but, you know, you look through, Brad Robinson's playing third to John Foley, uh, Graham Waddell, Ash King, uh, Roy Brown, 
You know, they've, they've Wayne Gribble, Rob Betts, and they've got a lot of good Division Two experience and pe- guys that have won Division One premierships as well. Um, so whether Kai can put it all together, Phil Denham is the key for me. Um, you know, he's been the architect of a couple of wins in in Division Two midweek and Division One as well. Um, uh, Division Two midweek and Division Two Saturday. So um, I think Shep Golf as well for me. Yeah, golf for me. Well, Noel Redrop's been their best skip this year. Yeah. And um, he, he played very well in the midweek. And as you say, Denham there. And John Horsler, Rob Seney, a lot of, yeah. Di- yeah, lot of Division One experience. Um, and they've got some young players as well, like um, young Boswood, Henry Boswood. Chris Pretty. But I just think golf will be – it'll be a good game. I think golf will be just too good. Well, I think the thing that um, goes in Chep Golf's favour is a lot of these blokes in this Division Two side are used to playing finals every year. Whereas the Kai Division 2 side, they've obviously been strengthened a lot this year by the club's overall depth, but they've sort of been in and out of finals in different years. They're not used to being there all the time. So. Yeah, that's what I touched on. That's why I'm going for... Golf will be steel. Golf. What do you Lee? think, Luke? I think this one literally is a flip of a coin. I've been on the wrong side of a ledger against both teams this year, and the depth both teams have is fantastic from their leads to their skips. So it's going to be a close one, but I pick golf to get over the line because of their past experience. So that game's at Tat, the um, elimination finals at Stanhope between Uroa and Shepparton Park. Uh, yeah, and yeah. What do you think about this one, Ash? Yeah, look, I think um, Park's probably going in um, a little bit. Their form's a little, been a little bit underwhelming, and you know they have had a lot of chops and changes to their side. Um, you know they they tried to qualify some players for Division Two later on in the year, um, and you know some skips were chopping and changing as well. So I think Yaroa's continuity. I mean, obviously. They've mostly had the same Division Two side because that's their top side, and they don't have as, um, as many sides to fill. I think that'll be the key for them winning on you know an ending park season. Yeah, you're all for me as well. I think um, they'll uh, make a prelim and um, go close to making the granny. Yeah, Kenny Sutcliffe uh, is the key. He's rink. Um, he'll fire up for the big occasion too, and uh, I believe. Um, Heath Matthews he has had a good season for Shep Park, and if he if he bowls well, he's a, he's a key to them having a win as well. I reckon. Yeah, look, and he's got um, Bev and Kevin Thorne in there who are pretty steady, and and Sue Tyson who you know was dropped back to Division Two to qualify, and she hasn't been able to regain her spot in Division One. Um, so she's leading for him. So that's a fairly solid rink, um, and you know Sue led for Heath last year when they made the preliminary final. So. Um, they'll need a lot to go right for, I think, Park. Um, obviously, Andy Houston back playing in the second half of the year is giving Yoroa a boost as well. So, And Yoroa's got a lot to play for. You know, They're the ones that could potentially go up and and Marupna go down. So um, there's a lot to play for for them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what I do you think, think Lee? Lee? I agree. I, I think Yoroa will be too strong for Shet Park. Um, and as Ash touched on, the inclusion of Andy Houston towards the back end of the, uh, the seasons made Yoroa a very, very strong outfit in Division 2. And Division 1. Alan Mathis and Shield, both uh, of these games separate as well, which I don't quite like. Um, uh, Obviously, they're trying to keep clubs together. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I think you like to get a, a little bit of a scope of, of how the other sides are going across the greens. Um, Shepard and Golf versus Kai Abram in the qualifying final at Tatura and Tally Groupner versus Shepard and Park at the uh, elimination final at Stanhope. We'll start with that one, Ash. Um, your side, obviously. Um, it's going to be... Uh, a, a, a fairly tough effort for Park to, to turn around um, yeah. form against Tally. Have you ever heard um, 
Bill Collins' famous call of the 1982 Cox Plate where he said Kingston Town can't win. You know what happened next? At one. At one. It's third Cox Plate in a row. And look, probably a lot of observers is, is probably saying the same about Shep Park, that they can't win after last week. And we've got to make up 30-odd shots, um, which is a big task in, in seven days. But... Um, and look, we were probably forced into some changes. I mean, there was no point going in with this exact same 16 um, and expecting a different result. Um, Dylan Hearn didn't play last weekend. They've sort of unleashed a bit of a trump card, I think, moving him over and skipping what was essentially Dennis Beck's ring. I think Dennis has found it a bit hard to, um, you know, skipping in Division 1 and he's copped Brett Foley and he copped David Dawes last week and he... Barton Newman gave him a hiding over at Hilltop. So I think he's finding it. It's much harder to win games skipping in Division 1, whereas he was dominating Division 2. And I think sort of for his confidence, it, it would be better for him to drop down to third, which means Jeff Boyle's moved over to second in Paul Warren's rink. Um, Calvin Rogash has gone down to Division 2. Um, the one that I don't sort of like that doesn't sit comfortable with me is Ernie Salvamini's come back in. You know, he's had a hernia operation about... 11 or 12 days ago. He played on Tuesday um, just to see if he could get through and sort of struggled through from all reports. Um, I don't like taking someone in probably 50% fit when you could have someone that's, you know, 100%. Um, and, look, I don't think he's going to be the 30-shot difference, Brian. What are your thoughts on, on that? Like, I don't like carrying it, someone that's just had a serious operation. I know he's played all year and probably doesn't want to miss out, but... I'd rather go in with someone fully fit that's been playing, particularly like last week and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, I couldn't argue with those sentiments. Uh, I know, you know, I've all I've played in footy finals when I was injured and probably shouldn't have played, but the old story is you don't give sucker an even break, like Jeff Thompson said uh, in the cricketer. Yeah. But Ernie should – Ernie's a good club man and, uh, you know, if he's not feeling 100%, he probably should – just hope he improves and they get through this week and give someone else a chance. And I think that's where the selectors have got to sort of say, yeah. look, look, we can't we can't go with you, unfortunately. Like we would love to pick you, but you know, um, we're not sure and we need we need to be able to go with someone that we can trust to get through the twenty five ends that played last week. And you know, like my uh, my dad had a hernia operation when I was about I don't know a teenager, early teenager. He couldn't li- lift an empty washing basket for four weeks after that operation. Couldn't drive a car. So yeah, I don't know. Do you reckon a uh, a, a Lee Matthews, Nigel Lapp, and fitness test is in order on Saturday morning? Ash? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, on the rose green. Yeah, that's right. No, no, possibly. But um, look, uh, I think we'd need a lot to go right to win. Mark Ryan and Scott Adams are back in for Tally Garutman. Trevor Serafini is the unlucky one to miss out. Um, so Daniel Brophy, who came in um, and led for David Dawes last week, that's where Scotty Adams had been. Um, he holds his spot and Scotty Adams goes in as a second to Mark Ryan. Um, yeah, look, and Tally, I think, you know, they're hell-bent on getting back there and defending their premiership. Um, they're going to have to go the long way this year. And Adrian Pantling's just been the X factor for them. He hasn't lost a game skipping since he's joined them halfway through the year. Um, and he was far too good for Paul Nichols in the second half last week. So tally deserved favourites, but stranger things have happened like Kingston Town. They certainly have. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. tally for me, but I think it will be closer, much closer than I last think week. it's a good move, um, Dylan Hearn, having a go skipping. 
Uh, let's see what he's made of, and he's well, a quality bowler. We've got nothing to lose. Like, no, no. And, um, you know, um, we, we, bet we might as well try something and go down swinging rather than uh, stick with the same 16 and expect a different result. So. Yeah, certainly. Lee, what do you think? Uh, I think Shep Parker will need everything to go right on the day for them to prevail past Taddy Gripner, so... Unfortunately, Ash, sorry, mate, I'm yeah. going to pick Tally on this one. Yeah, look, and I, I think we've got to be close at Spoko and try and run it into the 90, 90 and, and 90 onwards to be a chance, you know, and make them sort of sweat a little bit because um, I think they'll probably be expecting to, to do us pretty comfortably. Well, if uh, Shepparton Park's Kingston Town, then uh, Shepparton Golf versus Kyabra must be Bone Crusher versus our way star. I like it. Uh, it'll be tight out there at Tatura. Uh, what do we think? I, I personally think that... Um, Golf uh, will hit their straps. Uh, I know there's been, you know, a, f- a few games dropped and a, a few wobblies, but um, I think this is Kai Abram's litmus test, and I'm not sure that they'll pass, uh, especially after last week's performance. Well, look, and this is what Kai Abram's been waiting for since we spoke to Glenn Fields earlier on in the season. They went out and, and, and hunted players, um, and they got... You know, essentially brought in half a side, and this has been the product of it. They've been near the benchmark all year. They've obviously earned their top two spot and their double chance. So it all comes down to Saturday. There's no, there's no more, you know, no more home and away games. This is what they've been waiting for all year. Um, but you know, they, there's an old saying that they used to talk about the Chicago Bulls in the '90s. If you wanted to win the title, you have to go through Chicago and Jordan. If you want to win the title. In, in the Golden Valley Bowls, you've got to go through Shep Golf. Tally did it last year, but that was the first time in, what, seven seasons? Kai are going to have to do it again because, you know, whether um, golf's form's been a little bit indifferent this year, they still finished on top and they only lost one game for the home and away season. So hard to tip against golf. They've only made one change from what I can see. Um, uh, Graham Thorne's come in leading for Chris Ferguson, Chris Ferguson's rink, and um, Tim Gribble's got made way. Um, which is interesting because I thought he came in late in the year to John Gribble's rink, um, his brother, and I thought he might have held on, but um, they've gone this way. Uh, Graham Thorne, a bit more Division One experience maybe, um, and I think they can get the job done over time. Jeff Cobbledick's gone from uh, Ferguson's rink to lead yeah. Johnny Gribble. That, that, that rink's the, the one I think Kai can exploit, the John Gribble rink. Their yeah. form's been up and down all year. Wayne Dagger in as a second's pretty good. Alan Dove as a third, but... You know, um, I think they've been a little bit suspect in recent weeks. Um, but, you know, Kai's got their own little chinks in their armour as well. You mentioned Brian Cartwright and Fields getting done last week against Stanhope. Um, you know, Brent Rain has been the one, I think, for them throughout most of the year. Um, and, you know, I'll no doubt he'll be wanting to step up to the big occasion. You know, this is his first GV final. He didn't get to get there with East Shep. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be looking for a big day on Saturday. And the big show himself, award is the man. They've got to uh, beat his rink and you're in with a chance. And I reckon they've got the second best player in the comp at uh, in um, Foley. He's, a, he's won a grand final in Melbourne. He knows what it's all about. He'll be fired up. Uh, he'll be... Well, skip of the year. Lost once for the yeah, year. Yeah, they'll be, they'll, be um, they'll be still feeling last week's grand final defeat when... You know, the, rink, the yeah. rink draw has helped. But uh, both Foley and uh, or. or were beaten last season. They'll, they'll, that'll be in the back of their minds. And they'll be determined, Foley will be determined to 
not let it happen. Here's a trivia question for you. I would never have got this answer, only that I looked it up. Who was the only skip to beat Brett Foley this season in his Skip of the Year campaign? Kyle Pugh, there replacing Mark Ryan, beating by one shot. No, so, wouldn't have got it. Nah, wouldn't, no, wouldn't have got it. Lee, what do you think about this game? I think Chef Golf's um, years and years of final experience will get them across the line against Kyle on Saturday. All right, and before we uh, tick over the hour mark, I do have to raise an issue from last week. Brian, I had uh, four or five uh, players from the Friday night Kyabram versus East Shep game reach out to me during the week. Um, we spoke about the fact that um, you thought it was for coaching that a, a spectator was uh, thrown out. That was incorrect. Um, there was a lot of quite serious uh, alleged uh, threats being thrown around by said spectator. Nothing to do with either Kai Abram or East Shepparton. But, uh, yeah, we do uh, apologise for um, the miscommunication there um, that it was uh, it was definitely neither club's fault and it wasn't for coaching. There was a, a few serious things going on. Um, but, yeah, apologies to um, Kai Abram and East Shep for getting that one wrong. But uh, we move on, Brian. And, uh, yeah, but look, I, I played in a game, but I was unaware of, and so were a lot of uh, East Shepherd and players, I wasn't the only one, that what actually occurred. And there was no one forthcoming. They all went their own way. We didn't finish till 11.30, so there wasn't many coming in the clubhouse. I think, I think the main thing out of it is, is hopefully in Friday night games in the future we can all enjoy the spectacle of it and not get too caught up in the emotion of the game or things that are happening off the green and, um, you know, it can be an enjoyable night for everyone. Certainly. So uh, probably just finish on a slightly sour note, but uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Lee, for uh, joining us on After the Jack. Uh, I reckon we've knocked off our biggest episode of the season uh, in terms of we're about to hit over the hour mark. But we, uh, It deserves it with finals starting, though. It certainly it's does. Be the way. Thanks, Ash and Brian, for joining us as well. And, um, yeah, thanks, listeners. We'll, we'll speak to you again next week. See you then. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.